I'm Tarina. And I'm Kelly. We're the owners of Say Events, a wedding planning company based in beautiful Vancouver, Canada. This podcast is an honest, behind-the-scenes, no-bullshit look into the wedding industry. With over 15 years' experience in the biz, we share the inside details of what goes on into creating a wedding. We'll interview wedding experts, debate topics, and give you real advice only a wedding planner would know. Maybe it's just our moms, but at least we think we're wildly hilarious. Yes, a wedding has many elements and pieces to bring the day together, but that doesn't mean we can't do it with belly laughs and a sense of humor. This is your consultation. Welcome to the wedding session. Welcome back to the engagement series. I am Tarina. And I'm Kelly. And we are all recording remotely today because <laughs> of all the lockdown rules. So uh, we are ill safe in our <laughs> homes. But, uh, so we're going to try this digital platform today and see if it works. But so far, so good. Uh, anyway, today, continuing on our engagement series, we have a guest with us today. And we've known her for a long time uh, through... A bunch of loops. Yeah, thick and so thin. <laughs> we'd like to welcome Laura Nolan to the podcast. Hi, Laura. Hi, Hi Laura. Welcome. So, Kelly, awesome. why don't you tell us a little bit about Laura and how, uh, um, where she's joining us from today? Absolutely. So, welcome, Laura. Yay, I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> um, so, Laura is joining us from the Pinnacle Hotel at the Pier, which is located in North Vancouver. It's one of the prime wedding venues in BC, Um, loved for their unique waterfront location, boutique style property, and one of the best chefs and banquet teams in the city. This venue is a full service venue, meaning it offers the space, in-house catering and bar, and can even provide you with accommodations and catering services outside of the wedding, such as getting ready or rehearsal dinner. Laura, being the head of sales and the wedding specialist, is there to guide you through your planning journey with every last detail. Welcome, Laura. Hi, thanks so much for having me, guys. I'm so yeah. excited to chat to you today. Yeah. Awesome. Um, well, Laura, I'd like to take this opportunity to kind of go down memory lane where it all started. And if you folks have been listening to our podcast, you can probably guess where we met her. It's in our <laughs> job in catering. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Bringing people together by food. Uh, but it wasn't like a traditional way that we met. Well, we well, it's funny because I, I always laugh at the layers of how we've met people because I feel like you kind of come in and out of our life a little bit and then all of a sudden you're like high focus you're like we're working with you one-on-one and then all of a sudden we kind of dip out again a little bit and then we come back together again so I mean we yeah like we obviously like Tarina said we met um at our corporate day job when we used to all work for the butler did a catering um mm-hmm. but you were the manager of a little thing called Tuts. <laughs> Kelly what is Tuts? Well, I'm glad you asked, Karina. So for those of you who um, are don't know Vancouver in any way, TUTS stands for Theatre Under the Stars, which is uh, which is located in Malcolm Bowl and Stanley Park, which is probably one of the, I wouldn't, like, it's a long-standing Vancouver tradition oh, where they, they have, mm-hmm. like, it's, it's, um, it's an outdoor theatre, and we've seen some pretty fun, pretty fun um, shows there, actually. Yeah, so it's the live performances uh, mm-hmm. that are outside. I know we've seen like Mary Poppins. Yes. 
uh, I feel like Beauty and the Beast. Didn't we see Beauty oh, and the yeah, Beast? Yeah, Beauty and the Beast too. Yeah, yeah. but yep. it's the ad that has all the little cute raccoons with the binoculars, like watching. They're all over Vancouver. <laughs> you pops during the yeah. song. Vancouver has a raccoon and tops on the side. Yes, and exactly. I can only imagine how many times you heard a specific musical. I'm sure you're just like I'm never watching that show ever oh, again. Yes. Well, the year that I did it, the two shows were Beauty and the Beast. Oh um, yeah. And West Side Story. Yes. Oh my gosh. If I never have to hear Maria, Maria, Maria (laughs) again, I will be very grateful. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) Can you um, run us through like your role at Chats? Because I swear I would never do it. (laughs) I I mean, I can't believe you took on that role. And then, of course, our our really good friend Lola took on the role as well. And and you guys all seem to last for about a year because I think that's all you can really do that is literally as much as you can take honestly (laughs) i mean as as amazing as it is hearing be our guest um every second day for four months um (laughs) you know it was actually very physically and mentally demanding that job so tuts as as kelly and trina explained it's a theater show outside in stanley park but we ran the concession and the the food stand basically for the show. We used to do barbecues and such before guests kind of sat down ready for the show. And then during intermission, we ran the barbecue as well. So, you know, it's a summer job in the evening, which means yeah. there's a lot of, you know, younger staff member working for you who may or may not like give a to- shit about their job. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to say it, but yes. So there's a lot of filling in gaps. So my job as manager was essentially to make sure we had all the equipment, all of the food we needed every day. So that involved loading the vans at our head office, um, you know, keeping inventory, driving through downtown traffic, unloading into the Tuts tent, and then getting set up. Um, I had to do a lot of chefing as well because we had issues with chefs that year. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, So chefing and making sure that our concession is fully stocked and that we're serving guests as quickly as we can because you know you can have up to you know there's a good 500 people sometimes a night it's just gonna say like what's the maximum maximum capacity for what you would potentially be serving was like what 500 because i mean there'd be people that would be you know obviously in the seats in the front of the stage and then you'd have people that were like sloping up the uh, up the hills kind of surrounding the area as well so i mean you could be serving you know five six hundred people Exactly. In what a forty-five minute window! Oh, like holy crap, yeah, for sure, and definitely on like you know peak weekend nights, like Friday, Saturday nights, it was yeah. probably up to around that five hundred people mark. Oh, um, you know, so we are slinging burgers, we're cooking oh. salmon, we're trying to make sure people get their popcorn. Oh my gosh, we don't have any Diet Pepsi left. What are we gonna yeah. do? So, you know, people can be ruthless when they're when they're hungry and yeah. they're excited and they're ready to see a show. Yes. You know what? So it was a hard and fast job, but you know what? It was it was a fantastic experience and amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I may or may not have burned at the end of the summer, but (laughs) during the time, you know what, it was it was really good. It was just uh, a lot of work. Yes. Oh my god, I just like you were the manager and then you had to do all the work. I remember seeing you got like come in at four o'clock to load the van. And then you would come back at like 1 a.m. or something because you had to bring it back. Like, I never understood that part. I thought if management, you should be doing the first part, maybe not the second part. But well, the way the van worked, it was just too tough with Stanley Park. It was. And because the main thing was they used to have two managers do it. So it would be like two people alternating. 
right. um, and helping each other out. But the year I did it, they just had one manager. So it was, yeah, I would just go in, do all of the loading, do all of the running of the event there. And then I would do all of the pack up into the van and then the drive back and the unload. <laughs> so oh my God. And that was every night. And because I was the only manager, sometimes I couldn't get a day off. That's so rough, man. Oh my goodness. Well, <laughs> I mean, we're, I mean, you got to be outside at least. It was beautiful. There was an eagle nesting in the tree above us. Like, right. you know, it, it hardly rained that summer, which was very lucky for us. Right. Yeah. And you were, and you were new to Vancouver as well. So you kind of got mm-hmm. to be able to, you know, you got to be a little bit of a, a tourist while you worked too. So, I mean, you know, there, I guess there are some small silver linings, but yeah, like that's, that's, you know, you're, that's like hardcore squats <laughs> on an hourly basis, girl. Like, <laughs> It taught me to hustle yeah. and it's something that I've kept to this day. I am a yes. hustler on site, so I can yeah. move. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I think like unloading the van at the end, that would be my demise. <laughs> I'd be like, nope, I'm not doing that. No. <laughs> like I always hated it in general is unloading that van at the end of the night, but with touch, I'd be like, nah, I'm parking this van here <laughs> and I'm leaving this shit in the car. <laughs> <laughs> so, so hilarious. yeah oh my god no i was yeah, just gonna touch, say so oh, so i mean obviously on top of, of tuts because i think that was like your first was that your first gig with the butler or it, what like what were the other you had many many roles within the company before you passed you know you made your way over to uh to the pinnacle so why don't you walk us through a little bit of your your butler journey <laughs> my butler journey well yeah. I, I was actually hired um, at the start of 2016, as a manager for one of their other cafe outlets, so Emily oh, Carr yeah. University on Granville Island. Yeah, so I was I was hired to manage that outlet, and we ran catering out of that space as well for the university. So that was really my first look into the catering world um, and, ah. and setups. So I ran that for um, the first half of the year, and and that at that point, then it, they then excuse me, they then asked me to take on Tuts as well. So I was running Emily Card during the off season and Tuts over the summer, which was a lot. Oh my goodness. But at least, at least doing those two roles, you weren't necessarily like doing a lot of overlap because during school, when school's in in session, that's like September to like April, May-ish. And then May until like September-ish is Tuts. So it was sort of, I mean, it was a year long role, I guess, within the company, but at least you're kind of doing two different things. When you, I mean, obviously you're doing, you're, you're working, you know, you've got Emily Carr kind of during the, during, you know, the, the school session. And then you've got, um, you've got Tuts kind of during the summer session. I mean, is it, are you using kind of both sides of the brain or are you just like slinging burgers the whole time? Like, what does that even look like? Well, yeah, it is. It's very like separated. So there's the one set in stone venue at Emily Carr where it's one place and you're catering to a very specific set of clientele. And on the other side of things, you're at, you know, a concession at a summer event nightly in the park. So it's very different yeah. side of the event industry um, and mm-hmm. the catering industry. And so it really was using two different parts of the brain, as you say, right. to make sure that your service is catered to the different sides, to the different mm-hmm. clientele. Right. Uh, and it was an amazing opportunity for me at that point to really delve into, yeah. you know, real on-site events. Yes. Um, you know, doing that every day and making sure you had the equipment, knowing that if you left something behind at the head office, you would not be able to get it. Because <laughs> That's so true. There's if no you're driving back through downtown traffic yeah. at 5 p.m. <laughs> on a Friday night um, to get burger buns that you forgot or to get the barbecue flippers that you oh, left no. under the oh. no, table. That really was so fantastic to make sure that my organization was on point 
that off-site catering really was a valuable experience there. Yeah, 100%. And triaging as well in the middle of a forest when you're like, well, we've, we don't have spoons. So how much tinfoil can we fashion into some sort of a spoon? <laughs> oh, you know what? There were days when we, you know, we catered for what we thought we would need. We brought everything in and then it just wasn't enough. Like we had yeah. some onslaught of people who desperate for hot dogs. So <laughs> you, know, you can't deny people their hot dogs. No. <laughs> you know, just jump in the van, run out to the nearest Safeway. As many oh hot dogs, we bought up an entire section of hot dog buns once at that Safeway in oh, right, yeah. So yeah. Just, you know, you got to do what you got to do to make the event fly. Yeah. You guys know that more than anything oh, like yeah. as, as planners. That is half the job is yeah. just adjusting to yeah. fun circumstances as they arise and making nice. it work. Nice. I like you call it fun circumstances. We call it an opportunity. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Totally. <laughs> or we always say, okay, for next time. That's mm. always something we, we say. Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. Okay. So from Tuts, you then, I am not mistaken, you went to Richmond? You've worked at every every outlet that the butler had. I managed every, so essentially I was brought on as a manager for one, but I ended up being a manager for all of them. So Bean Canyon was beautiful. And again, a very different side of catering and food service because it's a summer attraction. It, mm-hmm. I mean, talk about 500 people through Tuts a day. Talk about four to 6,000 people a day through Lynn Canyon on a that's long a, weekend. That's amazing. So Lynn Canyon here in Vancouver, it's a hiking uh, space. Yeah, it's a suspension bridge and, you know, beautiful views. It's got a river underneath. Um, you can even paddle in some in some spots. Yeah, but it's beautiful and it's also free. Like the public can just come there and, and hike and enjoy the space. Yes, exactly. So, yeah, we, again, it was very similar to the, con- to the concession at Tuts, but we did also have a full kitchen in the back. So there was a lot of that side of things as well, making food to order for, for people as well as right. grab and go stuff. Uh, and that, again, that was also extremely busy uh and managing a team of younger staff as well um over the summer again same issue yeah yeah young and inconsistent but but you know nonetheless (laughs) that's job maybe cares a little a little less than they they may do normally but uh, yeah you know still still had plenty of young people that worked super hard there nice that's awesome as you said, too, that we did have an event space attached to the Lynn Canyon Cafe. Mm-hmm. And that, again, was another kind of feather in my hat for learning about the event industry because I saw you guys work for the first time, I think, there. Oh, yeah. And we had, uh, you know, little adorable, you know, weddings up there. And we had birthday parties and learning what was involved in running a venue space. Uh, and what setup needed to be involved, and uh, co- and you know communication with with clients and with you, the organizers too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that was also and, really fantastic. Yeah, and I guess even learning the logistics as well, because you're right, it was a bit of a unique space. So the way they designed the building was so that it kind of um, it kind of blended into the natural environment. So it, it's it's a very kind of modern looking shape, but at the same time, they've got wood beams everywhere. They've got, but it's very like high ceilings. And then you had really high ceilings that kind of extended over towards the, this sort of half second floor of sorts, but only cause it was on a, a hill, but it wasn't on a hill. Cause it also kind of sloped down on the back too. So, so, the, so you had to take stairs to go up. Um, so you have to bring all the rentals and everything kind of set that all up. And then, yeah. Yes. And then they, the only elevator that they had was really for um, those with mobility uh, challenges. So it wasn't even, 
a proper elevator where you could just like, you know, put all the glassware and all the plates and things like that. Like you actually had to hump that all up the stairs and then it was so much faster just to hoist it up. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was a very, it was a very unique little, a unique little spot for sure, but it was really beautiful. It was right in the trees and everything. And again, you know, you get to kind of be a little bit of a tourist in your own spot, but it, you know, it, it's, it's all the experience that you do, every venue you work at, every job you have, we always say, it's like every job you do, you're going to learn something from it, or you should learn something from it. And sometimes you learn through mistakes, but as long as you're learning something from it, then it only just kind of makes you better, yeah. right? So good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then from Lynn Canyon, is that when you went to Lawson or Richmond? It was Richmond. <laughs> wow. Okay. okay. Yeah. So then, um, so the Richmond City Hall, has a cafe outlet that was run by the butler. And so I then took over the management position there. Uh, and again, so okay. different. Um, now that one was pretty like a, well, a well-oiled machine from what I understand. Like the clients were pretty much 99% all from City Hall, it, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. So yeah. it was all internal catering except for a couple of local businesses like, um, you know, the Richmond Education Board mm-hmm. was right across the road. We used to cater mm-hmm. for them and the fire halls and such. But most of it was all on site um, right. and very specific people who worked at Richmond in the council and, um, you know, higher up levels on Richmond local government. So the catering there was very business, very corporate. Yeah. Now, did, you must have liked the hours on that one because that was pretty much done. Your day was done. At like oh, yeah. It was <laughs> yeah. beautiful. It was, you know, 6 a.m. till 3.30 every day, Monday to Friday. Oh, nice. No issues. That was a nice break from the uh, quite hectic schedule I'd had over the last like year and a half at that point. But I can't believe how much city you covered. Yeah. Like in purely with cafes. Like you worked literally everywhere in the lower mainland. Like if you're not a tourist anymore, you're like, I know this land. <laughs> Almost, I happened to drive. It was the first time I ever drove in Canada on the other side of the road. It was oh my God. So, really? Not even nice, man. They're like, oh, these like Kelly wouldn't drive. Oh, I reckon she couldn't see over the hill. <laughs> I'm too. I was too little for these friggin' vans, and the way that, like, honestly, the the seats only went so far, and I couldn't adjust them like underneath. So it was basically like it's basically a box on wheels. Like, what do we call them? Moby Dick. <laughs> oh yeah, we called no num- the van number five, which was the extra big. The one. nine foot that was called Moby, Moby Dick. Dick around the office. Oh my gosh. And then they upgraded to a truck. I don't know if you ever saw that. It's a giant the, truck. It was more the Dodge van. The Dodge, that's what we used to call it. I like driving that thing because it was brand new, but it had a camera. So people would not, like, there was only five of us that really drove it in the office. And I was like, I'll take the big one. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> it actually has brakes that work and a camera. You can yes. <laughs> but the thing was massive. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. Yeah. Oh, the van's alone. Like, oh, Jesus, what van are you thinking too? No, the door doesn't work. I'm like, I'm number two. <laughs> <laughs> And now I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I know your last role at the butler, which was actually my role. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. So um, there when I left to start a little company. For you listeners, it's our wedding planning company <laughs> who Kelly and I started together. So yeah, I left the butler and I think they were having challenges finding an outside hire for my role. And I believe Daryl said that you were like interested in events. And now listening to your history, I'm like, oh, you are a natural choice to take over. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the, the events team was only me, really, because like we had a second person, but it didn't always work out with the hire. So you basically were taking on the whole exactly. events department, which is a lot. Which, which <laughs> so, I, I think yeah. we can all say we've all done. <laughs> we've all been solo in the events we department have. for a little period of time. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely that alone. Again, that alone, it just it. 
it prepares you for moving forward with whatever job you do. So, so you were there for a year. Is that right? How was your experience? <laughs> well, well, no, honestly, I, you know, because at that point I'd been with the butler for coming up two years. Um, and I was really just looking for a new opportunity. I'd finally become a permanent resident of Canada. So that was such a big deal. Um, and I was like, okay, I really want to branch out into something a little more creative, a little more mm-hmm. the organizational role behind it. And I'd seen you guys and your position over the years that I'd been at the Butler. And I was like, you know what? I think events would be just so fantastic. So as you said, um, chatted to our, our lovely boss, Daryl, and did eventually get that position. And then moved in and it was just, you just hit the ground running. You just have to. Oh, yeah. You know, you're we, we covered, oh, just headed straight into it. We just covered so many different types of events, as you know, from corporate business mm-hmm. catering to receptions at people's offices to, you know, private birthday yeah. parties and gender reveal parties, um, our mitzvahs, and then, yeah. of course, weddings, which is where my passion just ignited because that is yeah. what I love. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I have to say, I think the one great thing about the fact that you had already sort of done all the literally the groundwork with all these events is that you knew everything that needed to happen to execute the actual event itself, whether it was corporate, whether it was private, whether it was a wedding, whatever it ended up being. So you kind of already knew and you were, I mean, in between, you know, working, um, you know, at, at Emily Carr, any of the cafes and working tuts, you were also picking up like the odd serving shift as well. So you knew what it took to start at the shop or to start on site to be able to make an event happen. So now you're kind of seeing it from like the top end of things of like, okay, so, so, you know, now it's more just about the sales and now it's more about um, just working one-on-one with a client, but you're like, I can tell you it's going to take you an eight hour day. And this is why, because I know how long it takes to load a van. I know how long it's going to take for the hot food to get in, you know, to drive from here to there. Like you kind of knew all that stuff. So even though, even though this was technically kind of like your last role, I think you had to do all the other ones to prepare you for the office. Would you agree? Yeah, I would so agree. You know, it's all about timing with offsite catering. It honestly is, you know, you can plan how things are going to look and how the food's going to taste and everything. But if you do not have your planning Mm -hmm. down to the minute, you know, things can go awry yes. very, very quickly. So yeah, it's often about making sure that you are on track mm-hmm. for fan loading, when the food is going to be finished and ready to go, how long mm-hmm. it's going to take to get to the venue. And is there an issue with the venue that will mean it's a, a, a yes. longer load exactly. in for you? And is there an easily accessible space to mm-hmm. do your back of house setup? Do you need yep. to do front of house setup as well? So it's all of those things that go into planning, just, yes. just getting to the <laughs> venue. And then you've yeah. got the actual event itself, which so true. Like getting there is like step <laughs> one through thirteen, and then the event itself. So you know, clients they don't really see any of that before or after. They're very focused on what the event is going to look like during their presence there, which is understandable. They don't care how you get there; they just care that it's yeah. good when you are there. Um, so then it becomes working with the client on communicating exactly what they need at exactly what time, you know, uh, is there going to need to be room flips? Is there going to need to be different Mm -hmm. things served Mm -hmm. at different times? Um, And then just working with them to make sure that they're happy and everything goes smoothly to plan. And then, you know, the pack up, the load out, anything special, you have to know about that. And then all throughout that, you just have to make sure that you have the right staff in play at the right times. And do you need two teams for an event? With weddings, we always need two teams Mm -hmm. if you're working Mm off-site. 
um, because you just can't ask someone to work 14 hours. So yeah, there's just all of that timing. Just you need to know exactly what's happening or mm-hmm. you can yeah, stumble pretty absolutely. quickly. It definitely was a role that like propelled us to be pretty good at in events, like all, all three of us, I'd say in general, just because yeah. we have to do literally everything. Exactly. You, and you don't want guests to see that. You want them to see the perfect presentation mm-hmm. and the great service and the amazing timing yeah. that our team had. And even if you're pulling your hair out and crying silently in a corner um, for 20 minutes, as long as they don't see it, not a problem. <laughs> awesome. So now, so obviously now having worked at, you know, finishing your, your, your tenure at the Butler, now you're, you've done like a little bit of a 180 and now you're actually working at a, at a, at a venue that kind of provides a lot of that on, on site, but you've been able to sort of take this, these skills that you've learned and now you're doing this for your current job at the Pinnacle. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, as I said, weddings just became just a true passion for me during my time at the Butler, and I got to work on many of them. I got to, you know, even do some decor design um, and some, you know, coordinating for brides and grooms, and that just really became my focus for where I wanted my career to go. As I was applying for new positions mm-hmm. with that in mind, the Pinnacle of the Pier came up as the wedding manager position, and while it is, you know, it's a venue, so it's very different to on-site yeah. you know off-site catering I actually really love the idea yeah. of being in charge of one venue and working very closely with couples you know looking for the perfect space to host their wedding and planning under that umbrella uh, and working with an incredible team of people on site who can really make these weddings without having to um, drive all over the city I was just going to say, I guess it kind of works out a little bit because you really get to know, as opposed to just getting really familiar and comfortable with just doing the offsite catering as its as its own sort of skill, you're just going to get to know and be really, really good at executing within your own venue, within your own space. You get to know like the ins and outs. You're like, I know every corner in this building. <laughs> True. And just and being able to guide yeah. couples as to the best space in, that mm. works within our building and the best you know timeline and help them just plan around their venue the things nice. that are going to work best for them and I really do enjoy enjoy that it's a lot yeah. different from the off-site but it's a lot more intimate I feel working with with couples in that way and guiding them through that journey of nice. what their venue can do for them and what you know how they can continue on with their planning journey with us as their venue I love that that's so cool <laughs> okay well I think this is a good time to take a quick break And then when we come back, we're going to jump right into uh, the engagement series. And today's topic is booking an all-inclusive venue versus one that has nothing. So we'll be right back. Hey, photographers. We are so excited to bring you Orphic, a curated styled workshop for photographers to fuel your nest. Being in the industry, you can get easily burnt out working wedding after wedding after wedding. Whether you're newer to the game, want to branch out and try something different, or just want to have some fun with us, we're here for it. At Orphic, we're setting up multiple styled looks with a ton of details for you to shoot. Space is super limited, not only for safety reasons, but to give you, the photographer, the chance to get all those money shots. Build your portfolio, get creative, and come see what we have in store for you. Check out We Are Orphix on Instagram to see what we've been up to, what we've styled in the past, and the next available date to book your spot. Email us at weareorphix, that's we are 
O-R-P-H-I-C-S at gmail.com for more information. All right, guys, welcome back. So today on the engagement series, we are talking about your venue, but specifically a venue that has all inclusive options or elements to it. So Laura, how about you walk us through the process of when a couple comes to you and inquires about their wedding? Yeah. So, I mean, we get that initial inquiry. Um, and our first priority really is to find out a little bit about what you have in mind for your wedding. Most people, when they're going into contacting venues, it's one of the first things that they do. Um, and so your, your vision might not be fully formed, but most people have like a general baseline idea of what it is that they're looking for. Mm-hmm. And we really like to know that straight up so that we can help guide you in the, in the direction that you need. Because we have multiple venue spaces within the hotel that can suit a variety of different needs and guest sizes um, and, you know, styles. So getting that initial idea from you helps us tailor our options down to the ones that would suit you best. Nice. Because we can give you all of the information about the hotel, but it can oversaturate people, especially in those early stages of planning when they're just getting that information initially and there's a lot of information coming at them from different places <laughs> you ever the eyes just kind of glaze over and you're like okay so yeah. we're just going to start with the address <laughs> <laughs> exactly yes we yeah. bring it down to there's just a very few core things that you should just have in mind when you're going to a venue first and these are the three things the first thing is your preferred date or time of year and then the second is your estimated guest count and then the third is your budget. You so really hard. need to know those three things or have, a, you know, a good idea of those three things when you begin your, your process of looking for a venue. Yeah, yeah, because the date, yeah. well said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. the date or time of year is honestly one of the first things you should decide when booking a venue because it will literally dictate everything else that follows from even your outfit your menu choices from like seasonal food items and things like that, mm-hmm. which other vendors will be available during that time, flower choices, color schemes, everything about the time of year that you book or the, or the date specifically, like stat holidays, popular times for travel and school holiday periods. This will all factor into not only venue availability, but venue pricing. Mm-hmm. So it's really important if you're looking, you know, to get married on a very prime summer Saturday versus like a Friday in February. These are all things that will influence cost and also whether the hotel will be available when you look. Right. Um, and of course, everyone knows that Saturdays are like, you know, hot market time. <laughs> everyone wants a Saturday and everyone wants summer, which yeah. we understand because it's a beautiful time of year and you want your guests to be able to, you know, enjoy and drink and have fun and not worry about getting up for work the next day. You know, we yeah. get that. <laughs> um, but always good to know that certain venues may come with minimum spends or like certain guest counts you have to meet for summer Saturdays. Uh, It can also mean that your first choice of date isn't available if you're booking, say, within the year that you'd like to get married. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of venues will book out for up to two years in advance for certain dates, like the really popular ones will. So, uh, you know, it can really all matter when it is you're looking at. And then especially as we move into 2021, as I'm sure you guys are very aware of, it is looking to be, it's looking to be one of the busiest years for weddings that we've honestly seen in in quite a long time. Right. With all the rescheduled weddings and new bookings, 
if you are looking for 2021, we'll just say off the bat, if you be somewhat flexible with dates, you can honestly find any venue that you'd like. Um, but the potential for all of the Saturdays in those prime months to be gone is is high at this point. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing that we definitely recommend you have in mind. And then the next thing is the guest count. It's so important to just have a realistic concept of how your estimated guest count will affect the pricing because this will provide a, a template to not only the pricing but the type of venue that you can book. Mm-hmm. So a hundred people mostly can fit in I would say a lot of the venues that you'd be looking at, but if you have 500 people, you know, that is really going to be a very specific venue that can accommodate a larger guest count like that. Right. And guest counts will also affect your estimate with all-inclusive venues specifically as a venue like ours also provides all of your food, your beverages, your bar and service needs for your day. So you can expect the budget to be a little bit of a higher thing for Mm all-inclusive yeah and then if you're looking at the budget this will differ if you are going to a standalone venue like banquet halls or event spaces or if you're coming to an all-inclusive venue like uh, like pinnacle you would expect to see a larger estimate from an all-inclusive and that estimate will outline your food your beverages as i said bar service equipment all of that you know you can save on equipment with all-inclusive venues for sure mm-hmm. and some spaces do offer discounts and extra perks on the rental side if a certain monetary amount or like guest count number is met in looking at your budget you want to keep in mind the difference there because if you're going to a standalone venue space okay maybe for the rental for the day is four thousand dollars maybe the estimate you receive from an all-inclusive is three or four times that and you're thinking well why 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 just why why (laughs) (laughs) why and don't let that put you off it's just because we do include your food and beverage you don't have to worry about your catering you don't have to worry about your bar honestly it's very dependent on what you're looking for but that's why we ask that you just you keep that in mind when you're looking through these different types of venues Mm -hmm. Uh, because once we've had that initial conversation about what you're looking for we always ask if if you can, and I know things are, are different right now with um, social distancing and such, but we do ask that you come in and see the space in person mm-hmm. because site visits are just so essential during wedding venue shopping. Oh, yeah. You shouldn't be picking a venue if you haven't walked through it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so true. You, it's totally. true. You honestly can't get a, as good yeah. a feel for a space through images you know, as when you're standing in the space and like walking around and just feeling the flow of the room. And there are so many things to consider when picking a venue. So mm-hmm. like the easiness of access for you and your guests, the privacy of the space and public access around the area, the maximums the venue can hold in terms of guest count, mm-hmm. you know, how, how many people can you feasibly fit into this ballroom? And then natural light versus artificial light. That is such a big thing for people. People love a view and people love to feel the sun is coming in and that there's light and openness to a space. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you can't get that through pictures. You can't get that feeling. There's lots of different things that you can ask when you're going through a venue. And I would say definitely some of those things are, you know, if there's any minimum spend on mm-hmm. certain dates, mm-hmm. what the availability for the hotel or the, the venue space is. And what's included in the actual venue rental costs? Like, do they include all of your tables and chairs and glasswares and things like that? Mm-hmm. Um, how much will they let you customize? You know, is there any limitations on that personalization? 
can you work with your vendors, your own vendors that you've personally chosen, or do they require you to work with their preferred vendors? Mm-hmm. You know, extra fees surrounding any of those vendors and regulations yeah. about bringing in your own food and beverages. Some all-inclusive spaces will allow that and some won't. Mm-hmm. You know, can you bring in that wedding cake that you wanted or do you have to go through them? And at that point when you're there on, on site and just looking around, it's such a good time to discuss anything related to floor plans. Like if you've got a really specific vision in mind, you always want to go into a venue with that to give and to discuss with the coordinator there so that you can get a good idea if they will be able to accommodate what you want. Because mm-hmm. those questions are so important to ask straight up. So then you're not disappointed later and your expectations are there for what you can achieve in the space. So true. Yeah, very well said. Thank you for all that info. <laughs> yeah. No, it's uh, it's true though. So yeah, basically our focus for this episode is why it's beneficial to uh, perhaps book a venue that has everything, almost, like, almost everything you need. Because realistically, if they book the venue and the food and beverage with you, they really only need a photographer and efficient, of course, wedding planners, but and dress. And that's pretty much it. Like, so we always say something like time versus money. If you have the time to book a, a venue that has, a, you know, just the four walls and a door and a roof, then you have the time to sort research for catering, research for bar, research all the elements to customize mm-hmm. that uh, space, which is great for some couples. But for some couples, they just need to sign a paper and be like, we're getting married next year. We need all of this and you can make that happen. So how do you find when couples come to you, they almost feel like relieved, like, oh, I don't have to do all that work. Like, why do you think it's beneficial to them? Yeah, I mean, and it is that relief from a lot of people. They go, oh, you can do this? And then just the stress. <laughs> but it's honestly, it's really about making it as simple as it, we can for you. There's a lot mm-hmm. to think about with a wedding. So many options out there, endless options. There's, there's personalization and customization and DIY. And all of this is going around in your head. But booking an all-inclusive venue just keeps a lot of the elements of planning all in one place. Yeah. You can work with one person rather than five or six different people. Yeah. You know, It keeps all of the planning consistent and straightforward, all of the communication in one place, which is very important as well because we find sometimes different vendors get different information or there's, you know, there's a slight error in the information given and that can affect how things run on the day yeah and instead of having to contact multiple caterers organize event staff to help run the event work with you know a a team to help with the setup or get your own liquor license and transport your alcohol to and from the venue Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. source a hotel room block somewhere else for guests from out of town you've already got that team there built in who can do all those things for you so all-inclusive venues can also assist with more extensive decor setup than you might find at just a standalone venue, such as putting your personal linens on the tables. We do all of the setup for cutlery, for the bar, you know, for the actual floor plan itself. It's already done when your decor team gets there for the day, ready to go with the, the beautiful florals and the candles and everything. That's all done mm-hmm. for you so that you don't have to worry about it on the day. Mm-hmm. Speaking of like the team that we have there, most all-inclusives will provide you with a specialized wedding and events coordinator, which will just help with your planning just so much. There's also going to likely be a representative of this person available like on the day. So if you're working with a, an on-site coordinator such as myself, we, do, we talk to you through all of the planning process. We work with your wedding planners such as you guys to make sure all the vendors are on the same page. 
And then if mm. the I or, you know, the head of our banquet team is there to just make sure it flows exactly how you've described it to me, to make sure all mm. of those plans get put in place perfectly and to make sure there's always someone on site who can troubleshoot the back end of things, the food service end of things when uh, planners like you guys are just making sure that all of the front house stuff is happening so the timeline's going to plan and the bride and groom are where they need to be at the right times. It's just so much simpler for people to keep all their eggs in one basket Mm -hmm. and then have a smaller team of other outside amazing vendors to work with. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. Now, with your specific role at the Pinnacle, do you offer all planning services or do you mostly focus on food and beverage? Now, I say this because most, I'd say like 98% of venues that we work with, like 90%, mostly focus on the food and beverage aspects, but they won't necessarily be looking at like a family photo list, you know, makeup artists, uh, you know, mm-hmm. like kind of the more external pieces. So uh, I feel like because I know <laughs> you, you probably help with all those elements, but traditionally, like, what is the process there? <laughs> yeah. Traditionally, we are, we are just there to timeline, basically from when you arrive at the hotel, when you leave the hotel. Uh, mm-hmm. So things like getting ready beforehand, the photo lists and such, we leave that up to you and your planners to decide. But we do, you know, we, we can assist with our recommendations for what those timelines might look like. And we do often recommend the morning of, if you're getting ready at the hotel, we can help you time that all out. Um, because we do want you to feel like that there is multiple people who know exactly what's going on and that there's someone there to just kind of assist you through each stage of the day. So while we do do a little bit of that external planning things, we often leave that to your own planners um and if you're doing it yourself like family members but we can definitely offer guidance for sure yeah but traditionally um like for our listeners traditionally in a venue that offers everything they mostly focus on like the venue space food and beverage uh, sometimes hotel depending on if the venue offers it but then the little additional things you can expect to either be doing it uh, with some guidance Mm -hmm. or with the help of a planner uh, so, Sally and I work in both settings where we work with the all-inclusive venue and we work with venues that need everything. And we do find we're doing different types of work, but still the same mm-hmm. amount of work to get you down the aisle. So, it's beneficial to have both in both settings. But I do feel over time that we've been doing this is that there is a little less room for mm-hmm. error in an all-inclusive setting just because... If we're missing a plate, you can walk to the kitchen and simply get one or wash it. But with offsite, if you don't have it, yes, totally. oh, shit out of luck. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure you have found working in a space that has everything versus working at Tuts that there is way less room for error. It's so important for things like the food and beverage because that's the sort of thing you want it on the time that you said and you want it to be the best quality that you can. And it's just so important with an all-inclusive venue we make our food on site. It's prepared by our chef's team on site. It's plated on site and it's brought to you from our kitchens a minute away <laughs> rather nice. than being ferried through the traffic, set yeah. up in any bathroom yeah. you can find. Yeah. You know, it's it just, it just the food quality can just be so, a lot better, I feel, having it yeah. all be prepared on site. Our team of chefs is downstairs. If there's an issue with someone has an allergy that maybe you didn't know, well, our chefs are there. They can they can prepare you a dish, you know, right out of nothing should that situation arise. If there's problems with food, you know, we can help right there. There is 
solutions to all these problems. And as you said, the rentals is such a big thing. You sourcing and paying for your yeah. tables, chairs, linens, cutlery, right down to the last teaspoon, not only can it add up cost-wise, but you really do have to think and estimate how many of each item you think people will use. And that was like half our job at the bottle, I feel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was like a weird formula. And I, I feel like Kelly, you actually taught me it, but it was like double the wa- the water glasses, 1.7. Carry the one, glass. add two, minus 32. Yeah, like add a little 20%. And sometimes we got it and sometimes we didn't. <laughs> sometimes it's like, oh, we are short, but. We always say, uh, Kelly, you always said it best. Unless you're like a total snob when it comes to how you consume your liquid, a glass is literally just a vessel for liquid. So if you run out of, like we'd have bar, we'd have beer goblets that would double as water glasses. Well, if not everybody's drinking beer, but everyone's drinking water, well then just use that. Like I would love to drink water out of a wine glass. It makes me feel bougie. Okay. It's fine. (laughs) That's how my friend drinks. That's how my friend drinks everything is literally out of a wine glass. She's like, everything tastes so much better out of a wine glass. I definitely think my choice of glassware is always a coffee cup because it could be coffee, whiskey, whiskey. But it's sturdy, right? <laughs> it won't fall, yeah. somewhere. It won't. I know it doesn't hold much liquid, but I like to drink everything out of a champagne glass because it makes me feel like super fancy. Right? That's what I'm saying. It goes back to the wine glass. Why the heck not, right? So that's so funny. That's awesome worked with you last month uh, when we were doing our Orphic, our photo shoot. Um, and so it was, it gave us an opportunity to actually check the space out. And it was, it was amazing. Like the location was phenomenal. You had some really great spaces for, um, you know, the ballroom with the the view, you had the patio upstairs, like you just, and you know, just the, the level of service that you offered as well. But what do you think are some of the reasons you feel that clients actually book the pinnacle at the pier? Well, I mean, you said it, our position is just, I love it. <laughs> That's so. amazing. That view on the patio is <laughs> bar none. Oh my gosh. The fact we can offer both ceremony and reception in the same yes. place. Not only that, that our main ceremony location just has one of the best views from North Van at a hotel. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. Or anywhere. I mean, if, for an event space, our eighth floor terrace, for those of you who've never seen the space, is honestly one of the most requested spaces we have in the hotel. It's on yeah. the top floor of the hotel. And it can seat up to 150 guests and it has panoramic views of downtown Vancouver and the inlet. And then on the back end, you can see some of the mountains as well. Like it's just beautiful. beautiful. I definitely have to say the convenience factor of having your bedroom in the same place that you're partying is just so convenient. I mean, even, <laughs> so even in between, I mean, the fa- <laughs> yeah. right. I mean, even like you even said too, I mean, you kind of, you touched on this a little bit, the fact that you've got your ceremony and your reception in the same location. And I mean, if say, for example, you know, I've done, we've done some weddings at, you know, all inclusive resorts where, you know, people have families and it's like, oh no, we need to put the baby down for like an hour. Otherwise it's going to be operation meltdown in about 10 minutes. You know, so-and-so needs a nap. <laughs> they're a little bit hungry. They're a little tired. Like I said, just having your bedroom close by, you can change, you can, you know, change out your shoes or change out your dress or even for the, for the couple, like after your photos or in, in between with your reception as well, even if you need like a quiet, like I just need alone time. <laughs> it is incredible as the wedding couple to just come the day before all of your stuff is there. You can relax, you can have dinner, you can yeah. chill out. And when you yeah. wake up in the morning, you, you are ready to go. You're ready to get ready they're on site you know our terrace actually has as you guys know two guest rooms attached to it that we always Mm -hmm. recommend if you're booking the terrace to book Mm -hmm. those rooms to the night before we we give you one night free with the booking of the terrace so you can stay there the night of the wedding but if you book the night before as well 
you just wake up there it's relaxed your yeah. makeup team and your planning team can come to you in the hotel yeah it's all there as you say it's just all in the one place but honestly most of the views on the front of the hotel all of the guest right. rooms have a balcony on the front of the hotel that overlook the water yeah so it's just it does especially if you're coming from like langley a destination, it is a destination in north bend <laughs> You're driving, if you have to drive for an hour to get somewhere, that's a destination, yeah. okay? That's true, yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's fantastic for photos too. So that we always say it's a perfect spot because once you have your, have your ceremony and you're like, okay, we need to go and have our couple photos or our, our bride group photos and such like that, where can we go? There's so many places around mm-hmm. Pinnacle at the Pier where you can go yeah. for those photos and get those views. Like we've got the pier, the pier, right down, about two-minute walk. Yeah, always, always a favorite. <laughs> and then the shipyards um, location, which is like an entertainment precinct just out the front of the hotel. It's super interesting with like yeah. architectural, unique, industrial kind of spots. And then you can also just jump in your car. If you want forest, we have Capilano Dam just up the road. Lynn Canyon's just up the road. Or we have people just drive to Stanley Park all of the time. It's not that far. All of those locations around the hotel you can go to to get some different terrain for your wedding photos, and it's still not a huge trek. You're not driving for an hour in the limo with your entire party while your guests doing cocktail hour. Yeah. These are all things that can be reached really quickly and easily. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, for sure. That's awesome. Now I just want to touch base a little bit on the main reason that I personally feel that people book a venue that has uh, everything versus a venue that has um, that's a standalone venue. And the one thing I've continuously heard over the years mm-hmm. is we can bring in our own alcohol, which I feel like you all can agree. And it, it's a great thought <laughs> and it is possible, but I just want us to break it down a little bit on the benefits, but also the disadvantages of bringing in your own alcohol. So for me personally, I find it's like, when I planned my own wedding, the idea of spending $12 on a glass of wine when I knew a bottle could be $12, that for me at the time planning my wedding and the age I was, I was like, ah, oh, no, I'm going to go get the wine myself. However, as I've gotten older and I've seen other weddings, I like don't feel like calling all that wine in a van and getting it there maybe from my catering days. And I'm just like, oh, I can't be bothered. So I would prefer to have a bar that has everything. Also, you can't have a full bar usually at a standalone venue unless you literally bring in every freaking alcohol that's possible (laughs) and all your mix and all your garnish and all your things it's a lot what is your take on the alcohol situation because we always get oh we can bring in our alcohol and that'll save us a lot of money so yes it comes right back to exactly what you said before time versus money that's the big thing as you said you have to estimate how much you think guests will drink if you're bringing in your own alcohol say to a venue how many drinks uh, is Uncle Dan going to have? Does he like beer or does he like wine? Does your mm-hmm. friend Susie from college enjoy a rosé or is she going to drink vodka and gin all night? <laughs> you know, it is. it be, can become yeah. a game of trying to figure out exactly what you think your guests will drink, what you should mm-hmm. order and bring, and how much of it you should order and bring. And then how you're going to get it to the venue. All of those things take up a lot of time and they can be done. And yes, you can save some money, more than likely. Having an all-inclusive, full-service bar and someone just taking care of it for you is just the most relaxing experience you'll ever have because yes. you don't. it doesn't matter how many drinks Uncle Dan's going to have or whether Susie decides she wants to drink tequila all night. You know, it's there. <laughs> it's there. Yeah. 
And yep. most instances, it's already paid for. So when you go to an all-inclusive venue, there'll be a few options when looking at the alcohol. First option will be it's just an open host bar, which is what we call a bar that it's the full bar. Your guests can drink as much as they like. And at the end of the night, we tally up exactly how much you drank. And then we provide you with that invoice, you know, usually about a week after. Or you can do like an open host bar with a bar cap, which is what we always recommend, which is a monetary amount that you feel comfortable spending at the bar. And then when we reach that number, we approach your point person or your planner for the day and let you know that we're almost at that number and should we keep going. And with that bar cap, we always have that on our estimates. So you've already paid for it during your deposits. So you know that you're not going to be getting a a long bar invoice next week. We have a call back to our podcast. Um, we can link it here in the show notes. But uh, someone said they didn't want to know a cap, and it was a $12,000 bill. Okay. Yeah, it was just like, he's like, no, keep it going, keep it going. And then the bill came. It was like, yeah. we shock. We're like, oh, we told you. <laughs> I, and that is like a nightmare and something that we never, ever want any of our clients at Pinnacle to have to deal with. Yeah. So we always would recommend a cap, even if it is a large cap. But there's also another option that we have, which is my favorite. And you know, if you like to drink, we have a one and done all-inclusive price for a wedding. And that includes your dinner, either a plated or a buffet, includes canapes for cocktail hour, and it includes four oh. hours of open unlimited host bar. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. So basically, yeah, this one price will be allow you to pay for everyone's drinks for four hours and then people can drink as much as they want if they want to grab six drinks from the bar in an hour they can <laughs> we don't recommend but of course you can so something like that is also really really easy for for guests and, and for clients because they know okay this is the price i'm paying per head which is a lot simpler for people to break down in terms of their budget okay i'm paying this number per head versus this number per head without alcohol um, and it just provides just a lot more of a simpler outline for you. And you, again, you know you've already paid for it. But we find something like that, and a lot of venues will offer things like that. That's something definitely to consider. It will be a higher price point per person, but then you've paid for the alcohol. And that's really the thing that's going to dent your budget the most if you just let it go open. That is so cool. I didn't even know that was an option. Um, I love that. Especially when people are trying to be mindful of their budget too, and they're like, trying to math out how many glasses they want to do and what they're comfortable with. And then they don't want to see that like crazy bill at the end of the day too, or at least this way they can like mentally prepare. Okay. I know it's going to cost us X amount of dollars. I'm okay with that. I've gotten used to that amount. And then if we want any more, then it's either on them or it's, or we decide we want to do it. But I think also, I think it's a lot about um, managing expectations Mm -hmm. and preparing people because as we all know, weddings are not cheap. And any sort of additional like surprise costs can really set people over the edge. So I think if you can kind of prepare them, especially when it comes to booze yeah. or to alcohol in any way, I think I think that's a really smart idea. So that is a very cool option. I like it. <laughs> yeah. And like with yes. catering, um, so like with a, a venue such as the Pinnacle, okay, a drink is, you know, 12 bucks. And when you're thinking like, oh, I can go to the liquor store and get you know, the bottle of wine for, you know, $15. Well, we all forget that the bottle of wine needs the labor of the person pouring the wine in the glass. They need the rental of the glass. Perhaps it's a cocktail. You need ice. You need a straw. You need garnish. All those little things add up. So that's where the difference in cost is. It's because, okay, maybe cheaper here, but there's so much more it needs to go through to get to the $12 drink. Exactly. And 
we have our bartenders already included in the cost of all of this. We don't add stuff on. We can make custom cocktails for you on site with a full bar. If there's something you want to see on the menu, you tell us and we'll put it on there. You know, it's all an option. We're very open to customizing and a lot of all-inclusive venues will be as well. They provide that base idea for you, whether it be the food or the menu or, you know, the, the bar menu, all of that. That's a base for you to start at. And sometimes that works perfectly for you. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you might want a traditional inspired meal or a, uh, you know, a cocktail that means something to you. And then that's all just a conversation to have with the venue. You know, where we want to make your wedding personalized to you. Mm-hmm. Love it. Okay, well, let us know. How can we find all information there is to know about the pen and pull up the pier? How do we get in touch with you? Perfect. So, I mean, if you just want to see some general information, you can head on to our website, which is pinnaclepierhotel.com. Um, and under the meetings and events tab, you'll find all the wedding information there. I am the wedding manager at the hotel. And you can reach out to me for any specific questions or if you want to come visit the space or you just want to get a general quote and pricing from me. The general email for me is just lnolan at pinnacleatthepier.com. And uh, yeah, I'm always happy to hear from brides and grooms, even if you're right at the start of your wedding planning journey and you're just looking around at venues and you're not really sure, that's why you you reach out. You you come and ask these questions. It's We understand that you're not going to be booking yeah. the week you get engaged. You know, you're just looking to get that information. And we're there to provide that for you and hopefully, you know, show you something that's really going to help you plan your wedding. So, yeah, reach out and I'll hopefully be able to help you with some uh, some information. That is awesome. That's awesome, Laura. <laughs> Thank you. Well, thanks so much for coming on our show today and taking a little trip down memory lane. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to have you on a second time about maybe some of the crazy moments we had as event coordinators. I'm very excited to do that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for listening again. And uh, tune in next week when we are going to break down the other side of this coin, which is talking about catering and uh, all the things that has to do with that. So again, thank you so much, Laura, and every all the information will be in the show notes. Until then, take care, guys. Bye. Hey there. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Wedding Session. Remember to hit subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast so you can get updates to your phone for the latest episodes. Want to connect with us? Hit us up on Instagram at The Wedding Session. We're people first and planners second and understand everyone deserves their own unique wedding experience. So when it comes to planning your wedding, do what's right for you. This episode was written, produced, and created by us. us.